1: Hey there, welcome to another episode of A Matter of Truth. We appreciate you tuning in. My name is Anthony, and I am joined today by my co-host, Alex. How are what, you? What is up, man? I'm good. good I'm good. good. It's uh, finally nice weather in Iowa for a moment. No more snow. We're supposed to, yeah, we're supposed to get snow on Wednesday, so. I think that uh, Maryland <laughs> is Fit. is done with snow. We are moving away into spring, which is a good thing. Uh, I, I hope
0: the snow just turns to rain, but... Uh, they had it forecasted this week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and I'm like, mm, "That's not what I want to do this week. I don't, I don't want to be out there in that."
1: Yeah, for sure. So I, I wouldn't we'll see. want to. Be. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, let's jump right into it. Um, yeah, we are going to tackle deconstruction. This is going to be part yep. two. Last week, last episode, we covered uh, just a high level view of uh, of deconstruction. Um, so I figure we'll get into that a little bit yep. more. Uh, And then we'll segue into why we believe evangelicals tend to deconstruct. It seems to be kind of this new term, this new buzzword um, that's being thrown around. And it's really actually not Mm. that Mm -hmm. new, even though it's being, you know, hashtagged everywhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So so deconstruction, uh, a French philosopher Mm -hmm. named Jacques Derrida advocated for a postmodern philosophy of language and the relationship to conceptions of meaning. Uh, so he actually labeled it deconstruction. It's th- the core roots of deconstruction mm-hmm. is postmodernism and atheism. So one thing we do know is with respect to atheism is yeah. how atheists interact and when when they are oppressed about their core beliefs what it boils down to, you know, everything came from nothing. Random chance, a spark, a boom. Everything just evolved, right? It crumb, it crumbles. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. Yeah. Um, and basically, everything mm-hmm. comes yep. from nothing. Yeah, it's exactly what it boils down to. That, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's their defense. Everything comes from nothing. So, um, but I, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Doing a quick. Review of postmodernism in a nutshell. It's defined as broad skepticism, subjectivism, relativism, a general suspicion of reason Mm -hmm. and an acute sensitivity to the role of ideology in asserting and maintaining political and economic power. Right there, power. (laughs) <laughs> Postmodernism was born under this Western yeah. secular, uh, you know, this con- the Western secular conditions. And these are the following uh, characteristics that make it up. It emphasizes pluralism and relativism. It rejects any certain belief in absolute value, absolute value, absolute truth. You know, um, it conflicts with essentialism and considers human identity to be a social construct. It rejects the idea that values are based on developmental Mm -hmm. realities and it also rejects the essential influence of human action on human destiny. So that is partially the basis of deconstruction. And um, it's also influenced by Marxism, feminism and psychoanalysis right. just to name a few so it re- rejects the origins of humans uh the common origins of humans right exactly. just as it rejects any constant indefinite truth in ontology topics so it, it again it, de- it it denies absolute truth and it just looks at language and it questions everything about any language that you're reading yeah yeah, it that's the thing, right? Language is
0: the kind of the tipping point for all of this. And one of the things I've noticed with postmodernism really hinges on the subjective reality that people kind of posture right. themselves as. If you go to like a mm-hmm. college campus and you interview, you know, standard students, you know, of every background male female because there's only two genders oh really there's Um, not like 258 not 258 yeah you're (laughs) right yeah you're not a cat to anybody i'm sorry um but if you go and you survey these people and you start asking them questions especially around morality Mm. or objective morality or objective truth they will tell you there's no such thing because they've been brainwashed with this philosophical agenda that there is nothing higher than one's own right, self conscience right. which then is a dangerous thought, because now you can start to argue, well, can I just go murder people? I don't think mm-hmm. there's anything wrong. I see it in myself as being I'm doing, you know, doing the right thing. I think murder what is perfectly you identify fine. As. <laughs> and then they will, you know, their, their whole argument yeah. will crumble because now they're going to actually attest to, you know, something that's wrong which would be murder and they'll say well you know you shouldn't murder people yeah you're right cuz god wrote that law on that's your right. heart that's right and so there is this commonality of right versus wrong and they will argue that but if you boil their their you know baseless argument down to subjective reality everybody's truth mm-hmm. is subjective and so postmodernism is is just really a, a fallacy in of itself because there is nothing concrete that it's built upon when you leave it to Human reasoning, human logic, and human yeah. philosophy to provide answers for the greater things of the universe. Absolutely,
1: if so. everybody's truth is true, there there is absolutely no truth, and that's 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 their whole premise. Everything's true. Everything can be um, true if it's true for you. It, then it is true. It's it's complete. Like it's it's craziness. And really, as it relates to deconstructing, the origins of it is to challenge everything. And it becomes just yeah. this weapon of mass destruction to to one's faith. And I think the general application of it in subjection to Scripture, right, is, um, and using air quotes here, you know, yeah, we deconstruct from the, the things that aren't accurate yeah. and true biblically, and we examine our faith and the baggage that we may have carried in, and we look at passages of Scripture in an effort to seek out and understand, you know, the original grammar, syntax, the cultural and historic, I'm sorry, historical content leading to the original meaning intent. So a Christian does, you know, can deconstruct, you know, in subjection to the authority of scripture, Mm -hmm. faith in God's wisdom, humble, uh, teachability and a, a, a preference to God's good and absolute truth over man's shifting subjective. Like you were just talking about the subjective ideals, So the basic, again, concept of deconstructing here again, um, it's good, but it's really about how do we reconstruct, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's how are we reconstruct, reconstructing to a stronger biblical faith rooted in, in God's word. And really a lot of the deconstructing that we read about and we see it's triggered by like a, this deep emotional um, feeling something happened within somebody's life that doesn't align, say, with Scripture. Not all, but some of it. Uh, it right. It, that's yeah. what you oh, see.
0: No, no, yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. Because if you really, if you look back at the popular, and I use those terms lightly in, in air quotes, uh, people who have deconstructed and made it a big social media platform basis, like, you know, I'm, it, it's... <sighs> There, there's a, there's like four or five different ways they can go about it. They can, they can make it about, you know, I, I experienced abuse. I, you know, it was, it was a terrible you know, experience I had in the church. I'm leaving the church. I don't want that. That's one little bucket. And I've seen that. And I know that people have had bad experiences in the church that it may not take them away from their beliefs, but it's going to take them away from the church. Dangerous, but not Out of the body of Christ yet. Yeah, yeah. Then there's another level that's going to say, well, the church has failed to deal with certain aspects. For instance, the LGBTQ response Mm. or, you know, just really anything social justice today. They will say that the church should have done more and they want to then say, I can't believe in a God that wouldn't do X, Y, and Z. Right. And and that would be, you know, be all accepting and, you know, a universal God, right? All love, all caring, all blah, blah, blah those are the people who are the biggest deconstructors and they are the loudest mouths yeah. on social media and they will, they will just, you know, make it a, a parade, a party This, you know, like wa- watch me on my deconstruction journey. Right. I mean, there's podcasts out there about deconstructing.
1: Yeah. 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 I've actually seen some of those podcasts that have come across and with the deconstruction
0: yeah. aspect. You know, we have to be very careful with how we handle it because I think there's, on one aspect there's people who are genuinely hurt by the church right yeah and maybe deconstructing is the term they use but it's not necessarily the meaning they're trying to get across but it's a i need to find a different body of believers a different denomination something that will you know fit kind of you know what i need and you know like what has pained me in the past and so that's one and i and i say it's a small fragment because most of the people that use the term deconstruction are, are really pushing back at the
1: church's mm. lack of handling social justice issues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, e- even someone like uh, Francis Schaeffer, he mm-hmm. actually went through a period um, in his life where he was evaluating doctrine. He was re- evaluating scripture and yeah, it was the term of deconstructing. But again, going back to, he reconstructed to a stronger faith in scripture and he became a strong apologetic. So mm-hmm. um, you bring up a great point. And, and I think when you're absolutely, um, you know, you, you look at the church and its, its statement, the, their membership, and mm-hmm. you need, th- this is the thing. You know, you, you shouldn't be looking for all the, the, uh, the ideologies of the world, the cultural, um, you know, red button, uh, red flag uh, issues in, in that yep. statement, you should be you should be looking for discipleship, and uh, as it relates to getting into scripture, you know these the core right. Christian beliefs. And you know it's interesting you bring up that point about people are deconstructing away from orthodoxy. You know a, a church that is rooted in scripture because mm-hmm. they they're not seeing what they believe. Again, they believe and yeah. their feelings, mm-hmm. and, and and when I say there. It's not even their feelings. They're regurgitating these worldly ideologies, things seen on social media, LGBTQ, social justice, social um, help and reform. Uh, And it's not biblically based at all. It's they need to remain true to scripture is as Christians and not buy into all of this other stuff. And. So I read an article, and I want to. I'm going to put this out there. It's a great analogy, and I'm going to try to paraphrase it and do it justice. Um, so you have a house, and you spend years in it, right? And you decide that you want to change it up according to kind of the current trends, and and and, and, and so it reflects the current uh, cultural trends, say like what's on HDTV or fixer upper or what, mm-hmm. you know, those shows, right. And it will reflect your true authentic self. We've heard that vomit before. Right. So I think yep. that analogy clearly shows and articulates what the most mm-hmm. common mm-hmm. deconstructionist does with their Christian faith. Yeah. They take the idea of changing, uh, you know, the, you know, the styles and designs right in mm-hmm. the house, uh, and, yeah. You mm-hmm. want it to fit the current cultural trends. And, you know, you apply that idea to changing doctrine and biblical definitions and, uh, you know, this, the call for holiness and the fear of God. And that, I mean, there is no fear of God anymore whatsoever. Um, and what you see is mm-hmm. that this, this culture uh, of Christians are trying to fit the cultural demands Um, and the actual fear of man, um, and the priority of self actualization into their faith. So it's, it's just, it's a complete and utter farce, farce based on man's feelings and emotions about the culture Mm -hmm. that surrounds them.
0: Yeah. Before you, uh, jump into the next topic, I want to, I'm going to step on people's toes just because that's what I'm good at doing. Um, with the church's responsibility to dealing with social justice issues, the church uh, should on one hand ignore it because it's not the church's premise to deal with the you know the, the the systems of oppression, if you would against you know whatever the hot topic of the day is because guess what it changes almost weekly with who's being oppressed and why they're being oppressed and who's the oppressor and the, the the church itself, needs to find its roots back in the gospel and if we go back to you know like we'll go back to pre-reformation time well early church level you know their whole premise was to preach the gospel they went out they planted churches they preached the gospel right and and yes at some at various points through history they would preach against wicked rulers and they would preach against you know uh the abuse and oppression against people, but the foundation was always in scripture. And today it's a, it's a completely backwards philosophy in the church. It's a, we must adhere to whatever social justice topic of the week is happening. And, and then if, and then if we get to it, we'll, we'll sprinkle in a little gospel. Yeah. But there's (laughs) no foundational basis here for the church it is completely absent from that and so this is where churches fall into some dangerous grounds where they spend more ten you know spend time giving attention to the you know the social justice topic of the week versus preaching the gospel if the church focused on preaching the gospel week in and week out you would not have such in my opinion a, a, a massive exodus from the church totally agree because you know you're you're giving the people what they need and that is forgiveness of sin in Jesus
1: Christ Right, right. Everything else about that is is negligence. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you're preaching the gospel, the gospel message, the gospel message encompasses all of Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. Okay, mm-hmm. so this idea that, well, yeah, I believe in the gospel message, right? And you know, and and people want to redefine that gospel message to, and they bend it, and and they're deconstructing because they want to bend to the world that it, that it should all it should be all inclusive. Okay, be- yeah, but. You, you you cannot separate the gospel you you just can't from the rest of Scripture that it's somehow just kind of you know the the two can exist and you can just throw out one. you can't yeah. you cannot do that because everything in the old and we talked about this, everything in the Old Testament came from from God, from from Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, right? Yeah, exactly. you know Jesus he refers to Moses, yeah, as truth. Yep, because he spoke those words. I mean, yep. un- unless somehow, I guess, you know, there's a new Christian faith that believes that uh, Jesus isn't really God. I mean, I know they're out there, right? I think it's... The- oh, there are. Yeah, the Jehovah Witnesses <laughs> right? Do that. Yeah, I was actually going to say yep. Jehovah's Witness. Okay, so I'm going to take this time right now and, uh, and, and go into yep. uh, sharing a quote my pastor uh, gave me in, in response to... He liked the last episode. Good. He listened. So I'm going to hopefully... Uh, do it justice (laughs) so what he said was the thing that evangelicals today don't seem to recognize is that deconstructionism is founded in atheism which we talked about earlier and Mm -hmm. of course postmodernism, which we talked about earlier as well which denies the absolute truth and seems to be comfortable with contradiction I love that Mm -hmm. contradiction one of the reasons that prompts people to deconstruct their faith is that they react to legalism but the bitter irony of it all is that they're embracing another form of legalism, one that is atheistic and is not based on the Bible, the gospel, absolute truth, which we talked about, or the sovereignty mm-hmm. of God. And that's a great segue to kind right. of wrap up and um, talk more about the main topic. Why do evangelicals deconstruct?
0: Yeah, so like I said earlier, it, it, it can come into a lot of different buckets um, on why deconstruction happens. And, and I think we should play... Uh, play it play or pay attention to i guess um how we we use our our language to define this because as always language plays a crucial crucial role in understanding whether it's the you know the the doctrine of the text or you know the modernist uh personality of the of the of the day when you have a person who you know was a, a faithful christian they were baptized, they took partook in the Lord's Supper, they believed, they served the church for years and years and years, and something catastrophic happened to them personally, the loss of a loved one, um, maybe a near-death experience for themselves, something drastically happened, and they leave the faith, that's a different topic than these people who are masquerading around on social media saying they're leaving the faith for other reasons. So we we should make a clear defining line. Like yeah. there are two camps, and we're not focusing necessarily on the first camp because that's a completely different topic. Correct. The camp we should Correct. focus on are those who use social media because here's the bottom line what they're doing. They're looking for more clicks. They're looking for more recognition. Mm-hmm. They're looking for another paycheck. They have drained Attention. out their paycheck or their desire to be a part of the church, yeah. and they are now seeking other means to which they can earn a few dollars, earn mm-hmm. a few bucks, sell a book or two or a hundred thousand or whatever it is that they're after. Right. Yeah. Uh, what, what's his name? Sam. Mm-hmm. No bother. What's his last name? I don't know. he's a, he was a big one that uh, Sam Perry, uh, I don't know he, him. Yeah. He wrote, uh, quite a few books on leaving the church and how the God he serves isn't a God that would be present in the Bible. And it's like, okay, well you, you're literally serving Satan. You've made your own God. You've made an idol. And you've done exactly what Israel has done throughout the history of their existence. And then uh, they were chastised for it. You're doing that very same thing. And right. that's exactly what these deconstructionists are doing is they're creating their own God because they feel the one of the Bible. Uh, one, it hasn't been preached well enough to them for them to fully understand it. Mm-hmm. And two, all they ever hear is the law, the law, the law, the law, the law. And, and I'm going to use something, and this is going to step on people's toes, and I don't give a flying hoot. You can send Uh-oh. your hate mail to me, and I'll <laughs> tell you to be gone. Um, the, the Ashbury revival of a few weeks ago. Right, right. The entire thing, and Chris Roseborough did a great video on this. So go watch his video before you come send me your hate mail. Hmm. The whole thing was started by a sermon that was just saturated in the law. Hmm. And so what did it do? It caused people to feel grief and remorse because they found out that they were inadequate to to keep God's commands. And so what they tried to do is they tried to build or construct a theological ladder of how can we get ourselves back into the good graces of God? And and this preacher used, I believe it was Romans three as his basis. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, and he hammered it. And Chris is like, I love the, you know, the, the framework of this, but what he failed to do was he failed to give them the gospel at the end of it. You, he, he, he poured out the law and then their response was this massive multi-week quote unquote revival where they, you know, we're bringing in all these, you know, people from the gay communities and all these other transgender views and ideologies. And they are having them on stage and singing and preaching. And they're doing like, that is, is red flags galore. And, mm-hmm. And so what we are finding in the church is a massive pouring out of the law onto people. It's, you know, and and this is something I'm going to touch base heavily in my book that I'm writing. If you go to a lot of these non-denominational churches or even in some of the denominational churches, you will find you will leave with a checklist of things to do. And it's a, you know, how to pray more often, how to read your Bible more often, be kind to your neighbors, do this, do this, do this, do this. And it's just saturating
1: you with this law that will never earn you anything well it's in fact it's it's finding that balance too though because yeah because and remember what you were going to say i just want to interject real quick before i forget because I, mm-hmm. I tend to do that um i mean the law the law highlights why we're inadequate and we can't do it and why we need the gospel why we need jesus yep. right so the the other side of that though is um that again we have to look at finding finding com- finding the uh, the balance not the common ground I'm sorry you know the balance of of the gospel of of uh, of Jesus Christ which is based in God's love for man by sending him and and the law because the law is God's word right mm-hmm. and my my understanding and and I watched only a clip of uh, of that revival Was that, um, and I only watched the one clip where he was talking about love. So it wasn't all law per se. A lot of it was based on love, which then uh, it 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 points people to a very weak, watered down gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of the antinomianism. Like you don't have to do anything. Yeah. So you have you have two sides of uh, of that coin. Yeah.
0: Well, and the other aspect too is, you know, like in my church, I preach. Uh, A law gospel distinction so i'll take a text i'll exegete the text i'll explain what's going on because i think that's helpful for my congregation to get a feel and an
1: understanding and then you bring in the law of whatever the text is and then you bring in the gospel you encourage whatever do you encourage your your congregation to to get into scripture on their own uh in a not in a direct fashion and there's reasons
0: why i do i don't now in a bible study I will encourage it more. But during a sermon, I separate the two preaching and teaching, and I'll touch base on that concept in my book, too. But the preaching style should be to give them their inadequacy and their inability to uphold to the law and then to free them from that inability to uphold the law by giving them the gospel. And that's how I have been preaching for the last two years. Now, the law could, in fact, be a, you You know, like if the text is something like Jesus is quoting maybe Moses or something on the Ten Commandments. And and I could say, how often do you sit and actually read your Bible? Do you sit and scour over these pages hours upon hours a day? Do you study it and absorb it? And the answer I'm going to tell you is no. And so I I could use stuff like that, but I won't directly be like at the end of the sermon be like, now make sure you go home and read 10 pages tonight. You know, because there there has to be a there's there's a meaningful way to approach it. And then there's the obvious uh, atrocious way. And that's what a lot of churches, unfortunately, do is they give you, you know, this like. You know what next, or they'll give you—they call it the application of the sermon. Like, right. how do you apply that to your life? Right, right, right.
1: Yeah, I sat in the Roman Catholic Church my whole youth into my teens growing up, and I sat mm-hmm, there and mm-hmm. everything fell in deaf ears. It was in one ear, out the other. They did not dig into Scripture. You're, you're really what you get is what the priest mm-hmm. provides and then his homily. And I, I would have to say that you. Are given God's word, and um, for a reason to to get into it. So the more you read, the more you grow in your faith. You can't, you know, we can't deny that. So um, there's this importance that you know when you put faith in Christ, you then Mm -hmm. you, you seek out His word. You grow in in your faith based on God's word. The Holy Spirit works within within your life. For God to work in you, you can't be a an island unto yourself right you cannot yep. be and 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 we have the word of god where he revealed himself um and that's why there with with the reformation right mm-hmm. it was to get the get scripture in every believer's hands that it, it wasn't just going to come in via latin through the roman catholic church right right
0: yeah and that's the other thing too like uh, one one big key that i really want to stress in my book um, if you haven't picked it up by now, those listening, it's going to be how you can read your Bible in a in a meaningful manner. But one of the things is um, like, and I've had this discussion with my wife is the the calendars, if you would, or the schedules or the reading plans that are out there. Yeah, there's a reading plan for almost every different fa- fashion style true. and time period. Right, right. If you want to read your Bible in three months, there's a reading plan for. It. If you want to do it in ten years, there's a reading plan for. It. You can do whatever you want. And the, the premise that I want to encourage people to do is to neglect those plans and read for themselves mm-hmm. at their pace. So, for instance, like, That's good uh, advice, yeah, so I would say, when is the last time? was like, oh, let's use this as an example. The Bible in 360 days or 365. Yeah, right? yeah. One year. You, you will start January 1st by reading Genesis 1, 2 and 3. And then you will read four or five. And six like on the second then you'll go to job and whatever it depends on if you do chronologically or not but you're gonna read two or three chapters a day and then you to go to the next ch- set of chapters right. and then you're gonna to go to the you know you're just going to progress through right right the what I want to encourage people to do is to just sit and say I might camp in Genesis one and two for a month amen. and just read it amen and just and just study it and because i want to absorb it and it doesn't even have to be genesis 1 2 it could be exodus 25 i don't know you know whatever whatever you find to be calling to you i want to read matthew 10 times this year yeah and so you just you just absorb it yeah and and that's this kind of the, the outline if you would of the book that i'm writing is how can you do these things and understand and take in the material because i'll tell yeah. you every time you read the scripture Something different is going to stand out to you.
1: Oh, absolutely, amen, and, and that's so, that's great advice. Absolutely yeah. great advice. And again, you can you can be reading and you fall asleep reading and just in one ear out the other, you're not retaining anything. So, right. I absolutely yep. agree with you. It's that's wonderful advice. I've heard yeah. Lester Beck talk on that, so um, that is spot right. on. And it's not going to be a commentary. Like I'm not giving you a cheat
0: sheet of what the text is saying. I'm providing you an outline of what you will experience in the church and how does that experience affect you reading your Bible. Yeah, And so uh, I hope to have it done this year. That's my goal. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Good luck with that.
1: And um, that is a great segue into uh, the common denominators. Why do people can deconstruct? Mm -hmm. Um, And we kind of touched on a lot of these things as they relate to one's own feelings and emotion. And here are a few, like a low view of the Bible, emphasizing personal feelings over biblical teachings and the authority. So you get into these churches and someone says, uh, whoa, 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 this, this sermon's too much for me to handle because it refers to what we are sinners. We need saving. And somehow they are thinking that, well, Christianity, nominal Christianity, uh, it's going to fix my life, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm, I'm around Christians, so I am a Christian. And it's just weak, it's unstable. And there's no foundation in that whatsoever. Yeah. Yep. So you know, this low view of the Bible uh leads to a a, a gospel that's not true and not accurate according mm-hmm. to God's words. Right. And you know, the message is away from sin and it, it yes. is too self and it's yep. too make myself feel better and not look at my sin in the mirror. You know, the LGBTQ once again, plus, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's all over as well as social reform, social justice, inclusiveness, tolerance. All of that is, Mm -hmm. is a, is a low view of scripture. They throw out what they want and they don't want to have anything to do with what God actually says. And they want it to be about what I say. Yep, And that's, that's exactly the
0: biggest problem that most of these churches face: is that they one have such a watered-down gospel that nobody right. will bother to dig in and research and understand it. Because at the end of the day, it, it, it's 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 not going to gain them yeah. X, Y, and Z. So they they yeah. want they want to find that subjective truth and that that feel-good message.
1: Yeah. Subjective truth right there. It's, you know, going back to what I just said, you know, it's changing the gospel message from sin and redemption to incorporate, acknowledge Mm -hmm. the worldly ideologies, the social reform, the social injustice, the inclusiveness, and oh yeah, the big one that everybody talks about tolerance, 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 love and tolerance. Yep. How can we love everybody and make it a universal approach, right?
0: Because that's what they want. They want everybody to be included. They don't want anybody to be left out. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, Christianity is the most divisive religion in the world. If you do not believe, you are an unbeliever, and therefore
1: you will experience damnation for eternity.
0: Plain and simple.
1: Yeah. The only way to, to to the Father to heaven is through Jesus Christ alone. He was very very clear about that. He he didn't come just to bring peace, but a sword, and that's Matthew, ten thirty four. So, uh, moving on, I think uh, another big thing is with deconstruction is people are so offended with the idea, with even the notion mm-hmm. that Jesus is the only way to the Father, the doctrine, yeah. the, the doctrine of deity of Jesus Christ, the doctrine of penal substitution that all people are sinners with sin and that can only be atoned mm-hmm. by the perfect substitute who is Jesus they they will not get down with that they're like no way is he the only way come on and you hear it time and time again and yep scripture is the foundation of truth divinely revealed yes. yep. to to all believers yep they you no know,
0: no I mean that's right that's spot on because that's you know kind of plays into everything we've been talking about how there's a low view of scripture. Yeah. People are looking for their own truth and reality. You know, Jesus can't possibly be the only way to heaven. And, and the league in your survey, we've touched base on this numerous times yeah. on the show yep. with round, round tables and stuff. State of theology. Um, They, they ask these simple questions. Like, do you think you'll make it to heaven? Mm-hmm. And they ask, Non evangelical people, so people who are not believers, and they will say, Yeah, I think so. I'm a good person. Right. That's the crux of the deconstruction movement. I think I'm a good person, therefore. Yeah. The Bible can't be true. Right. That's exactly what they believe.
1: Yeah. And there's this new feeling in general that what is Jesus doing for me? Jesus is, you know, going to fulfill and give me everything that I want, everything that I have to have. I'm just going to say the prayer and. I will. I will speak it into existence. I, it will manifest because I'm saying this. These repetitive prayers over and over, things like that. And what mm-hmm. happens when they don't get what yep. they think they are going to get? They end up. Oh, this is a joke. Christianity is a joke. Um, I, I, you know, ha- there's more than one way to the Father. It, it just goes on and on. And so, what happens is they start looking elsewhere. Elsewhere. Sorry, they yeah. look yeah. at. Uh, at new age, they look they look at uh, they go to yoga, yeah. uh, all of these different avenues to find Zen, divine peace, and they start I- introducing it into the Christian faith and um, in, in, in bringing it along and marrying up. Christianity along with this other stuff. And it actually denies what it's doing is it denies Jesus, his the rightful place on the throne. And there's only one way. And the deity of Christ is then called into question. So you, you also see in, in scripture about the tree and its fruits, just because you know a lot about God doesn't mean, you know, God people who make this kind of assumption, forget the sign of one who knows and is known by Jesus is by doing His will. Jesus taught it on, you know, on the Sermon in the Mount, the Matthew seven fifteen through mm-hmm. twenty three, the Beatitudes, which actually you just covered,
0: just finished uh, most of seven uh, yesterday. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, the Beatitudes yep. are something that you know every believer should really the Sermon on the Mount. Sit down, read, pray with, pray about, and. Uh, and really look at the application as it relates to us currently, the current application in in our life as as a believer. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hear many people try to correct other people, myself even, on verse 22 about uh, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name? Every, everybody knows that one, right? And cast out demons and I'll declare them. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of it, of, of lawlessness, right? So you know, the thing about it is when you have a false teacher, false prophets, mm-hmm. and there's nothing but chaos yep. you see coming out of a church, that's that's not of that's not of Christ. He's not a God of chaos. Yeah. He's a God of yep. order. He teaches us how to pray. He teaches us how to worship. And we go to his word to learn these things. And, you know, again, it's submission to the word of God and People that are deconstructing do not want to submit to the word of God. That is, that is what we're you see more and more. Yeah,
0: there, there's there's construction and uh, there's order to the religious basis of Christianity. God is not a god of chaos; he's a god of order. And you know, I I I'll admit if you haven't listened to my episode, um, what's the title of it? Let me look here because now I don't know. It just came out yesterday, but it's Saturday, and I don't know when we're going to air this, I'm this try episode. To get it out one day. Yeah, so it came out this last Friday. It's so false prophets, is what I titled it, and so I talk touch base on verses fifteen through twenty oh, in Matthew perfect, seven, perfect. and and I went really hard on on a lot of different people, um, but the premise that I was trying to get at is, it is very easy to manipulate scripture to fit an ideology. It doesn't take much to say. Well, that doesn't mean right. that because I can't believe it. And and I'll say, you know, like being a Lutheran, you know, the, the whole argument between Luther and Zwingli was Zwingli was a humanist that that is proven through history. He was a humanist. And so his his entire basis to understand scripture was based through rationalization. And so he and Luther systematically disagreed on the Lord's Supper and whether the text literally means what it means now. Again, not a topic for the show, but when we start to look at text and we preach that text, how easy is it for people to say, I don't believe that to be that because that just doesn't fit well with my my ideology, my view and what I what I feel inside. And you quickly run into false teaching and false prophets and false belief because you have adhered to a gospel that isn't the gospel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, w- I would agree with that and I, that goes to the you know everybody talks about it I think the people that have list, or that have listened or are listening to the show understand what cherry picking scripture is to fit mm-hmm. um and and what's interesting and I don't know if I said this um when I said this but uh it's interesting the Bible is the only piece of literature that people think it's okay to just cherry pick mm-hmm. verses out oh yeah and get away with yep. it they don't do it they don't do Tell- it with history they don't do yep. it with uh, <laughs> other forms of literature, poetry, anything else, but only yep. scripture or or religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: right. Do it to the to, Muslims and tell me how that works it, out. For exactly, you. exactly. And there's there's a there's rabbit trails to yeah certainly right. chase down on that. And yeah, yeah. It's it, it can lead us to another hour of discussion, but mm-hmm. you know we've been trying to keep it at about thirty to forty minutes. We're over forty. Yeah, close. Do you want to? Wanna, Put a pause on your notes and come back at it next time, or do you want to plow through?
1: Yeah, no, we will put a pause on it. And the next episode, right. we'll dig deeper into deconstruction and what the journey away from the Christian church, Christianity, um, and the core beliefs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what does that look like? Um, because it, it, it ends up being a change in beliefs, incorporating new, you know, external ideas into the Christian faith, which makes it not really the Christian faith. So yep. this Jesus thing, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. And so, I think,
0: and I think even that what we'll do with that particular approach is actually provide some of the pieces of scripture that these people will certainly disagree with. Yeah. To yeah. help people really paint that picture better for them.
1: Okay. You get last word here. Okay.
0: Uh, get into your Bible and start, start reading it. You know, don't, Hey, look, I get a commentary if you want get a study Bible if you want, but just pick up your Bible and, and read something just, just just open up to one of paul's letters open up to the new testament open up the old testament and just read because what you're going to do you will find that if you just sit and spend time absorbing the text you will have a much deeper understanding of that text down the road if you just kind of sit and meddle through it you know i did i did a, a, a kind of a test if you would a few years ago by reading matthew Every month for the whole year And I came to such a profound Appreciation for the gospel of Matthew And it's what I'm doing on my show now And yeah, I, I find it To just be such a vastly Complex book of just Beauty and mm. uh, You know and, and the workings of Christ And so you get to see It differently every time you read It and so put yourself into a challenge If you would and read your Bible and just absorb it in hopes that you don't fall into the traps.
1: Yeah, that is great advice. I, I think that absorbing uh, books of the Bible, uh, as you read them over and over, God is going to speak to you. He will. His word will be revealed. It's living. It's breathing. And you will see, like you said, things get uncovered every single time if you are mm-hmm. are sitting down and you're reading it um, yep. in a way that it's meant to be read that that is that's a huge thing right there how is it meant to be read and there is a way there is absolutely a way yeah and it's not reading yourself into it either um so anyway hey uh just want to thank you for tuning in we want to thank you for tuning in to uh, matter of truth and taking the time you can find us yep. online and uh instagram matter of truth and uh Hey, subscribe! Hit the subscribe button, download button, and and uh, we appreciate you guys. God bless. Thanks.
0: Yep. See ya. God bless.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?